It's a bitch hunt. 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 fighter from star wars which was really cool that's super sick so like i started off pretty loud and then in the middle got pretty quiet and then got loud again (laughs) i think as a podcaster you don't get much better than that i don't think so you peaked that's been our episode this week well you haven't literally peaked (laughs) unless it that the wings of the tie fighter made it all the way to the top they didn't it wasn't shut up sound nerd it wasn't it wasn't even <laughs> particularly close I, i'll be trying to do that for the rest of the episode though so if i like yell really loudly if i go like oh ah! that wasn't as good <laughs> still pretty good <laughs> pretty good not as good because it wasn't natural that's the kind of thing you can't force well star wars not a b movie decidedly not a b movie it's got that big budget and no, the B in B-movie does not stand for budget. Actually, and it doesn't stand for big either. And it doesn't stand for Boba Fett. It stands for does B. Does it stand for anything? <laughs> is it just B? I think it's just B, as in... As in second to A? Yeah, not A. Not quite A. And A just means A-list? What's the deal there? A stands for awesome. B stands for... But it's pretty good. <laughs> there you have it. Um, That's Webster's Dictionary definition of B-movie, in a nutshell. Oh, Luke, we were going yes, we to talk about the B-movie. By the yeah, this this episode uh, is about, or it's, it's the, the theme is, is B-movies. And appropriately, Luke and I watched a, a B-movie together. Remote, it was called remote Death Car. Together. It was not I called Death there. Car. Will, <laughs> Will declined our invitation to join us. He was there right up until the movie started, and then he got offline because... Yeah, he was like, I don't need a death car in my life. No, and I just want to point out again, it's not called Death Car. It was called uh, Death Race. Also not Death Proof. Potato, potato. There are a lot of movies out there that are about cars that are deadly. Uh, You got Death Proof, which is a movie about a car that is not deadly, I guess. Or maybe it's deadly to other people. Herbie fully loaded. That's literally the next example I was about to bring up, Luke. <laughs> You've also got Death Cab for Cutie, which is not a movie, but is still about death cars. Right. About dangerous cars, dangerous automobiles. Uh, but Death Proof uh, is not the movie we watched. Death Race <laughs> is about deadly cars. Uh, what did you think of it, which, Luke? Which, I mean, it... Because it's about deadly cars, it does beg the question: Why is it not called Death Car? That's a that's a great question. And I, that's about all I thought. That's all you thought the entire you know? time that we were watching it. So they didn't have a single race in the whole film, eh? Well, they did. <laughs> it was pretty Almost much nonstop. Yeah, it's pretty much all the movie was <laughs> was preparing for, and then so, so spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. There's there's some racing. It's pretty deadly. It's pretty gruesome. Are they racing to be the first person to die? Some of them might be. The more nihilistic or like depressed among them, sad as it is to say, might have been doing that. But uh, contrary to the name of the movie, the goal is actually not to die. 
Oh. Yeah. So it should be called Life Race, really. Or like Freedom Race. Uh, Relay for Life. This is going oh, to the next. Captured? The next, like, maybe one minute of this is going to be pretty spoiler heavy. So if, uh, if you don't want Death Race, the like 11, 10, I don't know, whatever year old B movie to be spoiled for you, you might want to skip ahead a couple, a couple beats. But uh, basically, the idea is that uh, Jason Statham is a man who is framed for the murder of his wife. And uh, in a very convoluted plot, uh, there's this prison that he's sent to that has this uh, program set up, this big old money-making program, where they uh, just soup the heck out of these cars and then have prisoners race them through this, like, booby-trapped and, uh, like, upgrade-filled uh, racetrack that's built around yeah, this prison. it's basically just, like, real people playing Mario yeah. Kart, but a very deadly version of that. Yeah, think, think and like... And it's televised, and people subscribe. It's pay-per-view for uh, $99 a pop. Right. And they get, like what 600 million viewers so something yeah, like that's that a lot of viewers lots of viewers i don't know if it's quite that many but i mean they're making in the in the realm of multiple billions of dollars on this that was something that was very unclear for both me and luke for a long time like what the motivation was behind this because like letting a, a very dangerous criminal loose onto the streets because the, the the prize at the end is that the person who makes it to the end without dying gets released five times, I should say, in five separate races, uh, is released from prison. So the stakes are high. Hmm. And these are all, like, super violent criminals. So the the base idea of letting a, you know, a, a hardened criminal out of prison who has been training in super dangerous, <laughs> like, you know, automotive stuff seems pretty silly. But we come to learn that the warden and uh, everybody involved is super corrupt and they're making boatloads of money off of it. Um, but I think both Luke and I were, were pretty surprised by how, I don't know if polished is the right word uh, because it was very intentionally grimy and stuff, but for a B movie, the effects were good. Uh, uh. The explosions were pretty realistic uh, the fake tempered glass that they used uh, as a glass top worker notch. myself, top notch. Uh, it, it checked off all the boxes, really. So it really didn't it didn't meet the B movie aesthetic so much. It was more just the spirit of it that was B movie ish. Kind of, and come to think of it, having Jason <laughs> Statham in it kind of automatically makes it not a B movie. Yeah, but he's in so many movies like that that are really low budget. Sometimes don't even get a theatrical release. And he is kind of the only good thing about them, mostly. Yeah. I wouldn't say that's the case for Death Car, but for a lot of Jason Statham <laughs> movies, there's nothing else good going on. That's true, and that's a testament to the man's artistic prowess and his ability to elevate everything that he's in, which, I mean, we didn't need to see Death Car to, to have that uh, confirmed once again. Um but actually, now that now that you say that though, Luke, there's another movie that came out recently, and this isn't a Jason Statham episode, but another Jason Statham movie that came out recently that I would definitely consider. Well, it was kind of a hybrid B movie. Did either of you see the movie The Meg? Uh, I started watching it and fell asleep. You you saw the trailer, Luke. You fell asleep watching it. 
Yeah. That's hard to believe because it is packed with action and packed with it, uh, Jason Statham's uh, sweaty and toned body. I, I saw that it wasn't about my favorite sandwich maker, Meg, and so I, I immediately <laughs> turned it off. That's understandable, Will. Um, but I did watch it. I would consider that 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 movie was more kind of in the style. And I guess uh, Death Car was was kind of the same way in that they're, they're the style of a B movie. Um, and I, I don't know if I can do a very good job of, of describing exactly what the style of, of a B movie is. Uh, there's just kind of there's a feel, there's a campiness and uh, a definite lack of budget. Uh, I think it's I think it's a premise at the expense of uh, plausibility or um, any sort of real emotional stakes, you know? Yeah, I like that. I like that description a lot. But I, I will make sure when I'm doing my pitch, actually, to save a bunch of time, um, just the asterisk is implicit that all of the explosions are really lame in my pitch <laughs> and and all of the all the cgi looks like it was made in 1993 yeah that that's another key feature of of b movies and it's a function of the fact that they're they're normally very low budget is that it kind of makes it more charming and more b movie like when the the effects are like laughably bad maybe not horrible to the the point of some of the more infamous like d list movies like your, uh, oh, what's the movie I'm thinking of? The bird, the movie with the birds. Yeah, Birdman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're not getting that My, bad. We're not. We're not slumming that hard. Actor Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should probably jump into it. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's go for it. Who's going first? Uh, I can go first this week. I think it's been a while since I've gone first. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's lend lend our ears to Jacob. Le- lend me pitch. an ear, and I'll. Uh, I'll pitch you a pitch, and I'll try not to pitch out of pitch. Um, so, one of the phenomenons in recent B movie history, which I think can largely be tracked back to the the cult success of Sharknado, is uh, the combination of uh, a natural disaster with something else that's dangerous that is not a natural disaster. Sure. Yeah. Y'all on board with that premise? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yep, I'm strapped in and ready to go. Okay, so with that in mind, we're opening up um, to an America in the not-too-distant future. And in this version of the great United States of America, uh, it's it's a slightly dystopian future where the uh, the classic Donald Trump idea that the body is only able to, or only has a certain amount of energy, and so exercise is uh, just, you know, it's use, it's basically using up the battery the of clock. life. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and a waste of your time and, and leading to your death. Um, <laughs> exercise has fallen out of fashion completely for the, vast, okay. for the vast majority of the country. It's about time. It is about time. I mean, exercise, what's the point? You get all sweaty, you get all stinky, and what you maybe burn a few calories. Calories are the reason that we eat, right? Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, you might as well just not eat if you're gonna <laughs> just burn away those calories. Or if you need to burn away calories, just take a diuretic. There you go. Yeah, there. Are, I mean, we we all agree there are a lot of really just good. Just eat exclusively cookie butter for like three days straight. 
It has the same effect, <laughs> as I'm sure we've all learned. <laughs> I just want to clarify, none of I us sure. are doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Far from it. Far from it. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're in, uh, say, 2080. Uh, we're, in, uh, we're in this great state of California, near Los Angeles. And uh, we're introduced to this world where, uh, and I'm just going to get this out of the way pretty early. There, there are some, uh, there are some idiocracy parallels here. Oh, um, sure. So basically, uh, a lot of, a lot of our, our good friend Trumpy's ideas have started to, uh, for lack of better word, Trump science and reason and, you know, many decades, centuries, and millennia of scientific advancement. So people are inherently very distrust, or they, they distrust everything that they hear. So so it sounds like what you're saying is America is great again. Is that, that's what you're saying? The, the plan is, has reached its, its end game, and uh, America is great again, guys. Uh, so we're, 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 in the, we're in the town, we're in the Los Angeles suburb of uh, Great America, and uh, nice. we meet we meet some of the citizens of Great America, and uh, they are they're very large, they're uh, morbidly obese, and they're perfectly happy to live uh, completely sedentary lives. Uh, at this point, technology has van- advanced to the point where they you know everybody has a computer and computer chip embedded in their brain, and so you know. People are just kind of like hanging out on their couches, playing mental video games all day long. Do they have to do work of any kind? No, no, because because uh, America's that great. America's that great that uh, the the horrible communistic idea of basic universal income somehow it snuck its way in there. <laughs> and again, this is not a political podcast. It was just back and forth between Trump and Andrew Yang for like the the, the next like. <laughs> What was it? 60 years. The next 60 years, yeah. Ivanka was president for a while. Andrew Yang's uh, children were presidents. A couple cousins got in there. And nice. really, mostly Trump's ideas won out, but uh, the the greedy folks decided that, you know, basic universal income, it's not a bad thing. It's money for free. What's better than money for free? Food for free. <laughs> so there's also basic universal uh, nutrition. Which is basically a tube that uh, you can inject. It's it's like a UV that that basically puts like food directly into your veins. So nice. pe- world sounds awesome. People does are, it come in marinara flavor? <laughs> it, yeah, there's also like a you know that kind of like backpack thing, like a hydration backpack. It's just full of cookie butter. It's full of cookie butter. <laughs> you can get it full of uh, like fortified marinara because marinara in itself is like disturbingly healthy. So it's like. You know, two parts just like cooking grease to every one part marinara. Nice. You got to get the fat in there somehow. Exactly. And, you know, so what I'm saying is life is good. America's great. Life is good. But then we meet uh, the only scientist that lives in great America, California. Ugh. And he's pouring through old textbooks like those sci- those darned scientists tend to do. Ugh. And he has this theory partially predicated on the idea that he's been looking at also looking at you know charts like nerdy people do 
and has noticed that the the average life expectancy has been going down like pretty huh. pretty significantly over the course of the last sixty or so years, and pretty much in line hmm. with like there's there's that classic shot of the graph where weights are going up and life expectancy is going down. Uh, and they're they're uh, you know they're at fairly similar rates. And so he goes out into the town square. He's the town crazy person. He's he's preaching this idea that uh you know everybody getting obese is is causing people to live shorter lives. And as few people as there are outside because most people are just, you know, living the good life in their in their dwellings. Uh they they're just not having it, you know. They're they're uh Trotting out the classics. Correlation doesn't equal causation. Ugh. Uh, you know, it's true though. We're if we're if our body, it is true. <laughs> it is true. Uh, so they have a point there. Uh, <laughs> maybe not in this specific inst- instance, but uh, there isn't. You got a couple people who are out there yelling. Oh, I bet this guy didn't even bother to carry the zero. <laughs> <laughs> what a wanker! <laughs> yeah, this this doctor. Uh, his name is is Doctor Octopus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no relation, <laughs> no relation, no copyright infringement uh, happening here. Um, but he's just insistent. He's like, you know, guys, we're dying younger, and yes, our quality of life might be phenomenal while we're alive. But wouldn't it be even more phenomenal if we like got ourselves healthy and lived a lived a happier life? And by happier, I mean longer. I vote no. <laughs> All right, yeah, vote on your phones now. This is a oh. once again a choose your own adventure movie. Uh, looks like Pitch Hunt Nation has spoken, and it's ninety nine percent no. Ugh. I'm gonna use so my. Does that, does that change your pitch? It doesn't change my pitch because I'm gonna use my uh, my afforded one veto, and I'm gonna <laughs> veto that vote um, because. He starts to get he starts to gain a following. You know, there are a lot of people who have just like basically outsourced their the thinking that they have to do to the computer chips in their brains and so they're just they're they're they're, they're never going to reach those. But there are some people who are old fashioned and you guys know I'm old fashioned. So I might be one of those people. Oh, um, you're in this movie. And there's I'm not I'm not in this movie. <laughs> I'm not in this movie. Oh, okay. Take, Are you sure I you don't play Dr. Octopus? <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how my directing career goes. I could pull You are not A-list, so. I'm not A-list yet. Oh, I see your point though. So I could I could <laughs> star. I could be Dr. Octopus in this movie. But listen guys, this movie's not about me. This is All about right, Dr. Pitch Hunt Nation. Vote again. Should Jacob star as Dr. Octopus? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, what are the votes saying? Uh, 99% of people say no. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so I already you used, can't veto it. I already, yeah, I already used my one veto, so I'm glad it turned out that way. So I'm not in this movie. Uh, but Dr. Octopus is, and he's starting to change some minds. The few fresh minds that are still out there uh, are, you know, they're thinking maybe it would be a good thing to, like, move our bodies once in a while. Maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to be just a tiny, at least a tiny bit active, get a little slimmer, get a little fitter. And uh, among those people is a is a very famous uh, social media influencer. Ah. Uh, whose name is uh, uh, Ricardo. 
Mendez. Oh, Ricardo. Ricardo Mendez is the biggest social media star of 2080. And he reaches out to his followers and he's like, we got to take this Dr. Octopus at his word. Like he, he's clearly a smart dude. Like he knows lots of words. He's got like got books and stuff, which is very old fashioned, but like once upon a time, those could be used to put information in your brains and that information could help you. And somehow he's able to get through to his, his followers. And Ricardo decides that he's going to work with Dr. Octopus to organize an event that is basically going to be a giant like Zumba class in uh, Great America, California. Everybody loves Zumba. Everybody loves Zumba. It's low impact. Uh, You can listen to some great jazzy music. Uh, It gets you sweating. It's the one form of exercise that I do and I do it daily. Um, How many times? Daily. Ten times a day, ten hours a piece. He's doing it right I'm now. I'm doing it right I know now. You might you, you can't see him. No. But just just close your eyes and picture it. Close your eyes and picture uh, a very handsome young man doing Zumba and you basically got it. Uh <laughs> so yes, my own Zumba addiction is a part of this movie, though I'm not in it. Um so this Zumba event is organized and uh Although, again, there are still these people that are just perfectly content to, to lie on the couch, which I am definitely not doing right now. Because um, <laughs> you're doing Zumba. Because I'm doing Zumba. There's a, there's a lot of people that come out to Great America. Uh, and uh, Dr. Octopus and, and uh, Ricardo Mendez together have put, a, put together this routine. And everybody's going to dance in sync to the band in sync and they're going to start getting fit, you know? This is a kind of a revolutionary thing. And so nice. <laughs> we cut now from this scene as it's about to start. The Zumba's the dancing is like people are just lifting their their right feet. And we go to the one other scientific place that still exists uh in the America, the the United States of uh, 2080, which is... Is it Fuddruckers? <laughs> Fuddruckers, uh, in a strange twist of fate, is no longer a scientific institution in 2080 and is just purely a, a manufacturer of, of uh, fortified marinara sauce. Oh, so it's it's Lord. not Fuddruckers. It was a good guess, but it's not Fuddruckers. Good guess, Luke. It is the... Uh, University of California, Los Angeles Seismology Lab. Oh, no. Somebody in the Seismology Lab has caught on to the fact that this big Zumba event is about to happen. And they're running some numbers. Carrying zeros. (sighs) Doing due diligence. I'm glad that they're doing that. (laughs) They're doing all the due diligence necessary. And one of them finishes crunching those numbers... Once he has found out, he's every or not everybody, but there are a lot of people who are live streaming this event because it's a big deal. Like this is the first time that organized exercise has happened since uh, Major League Baseball folded, being the last sport that could be played by morbidly obese people in twenty <laughs> in twenty seventy. So it's a big deal. Like people are just kind of charmed by the novelty of it, including some of the people at the seismology lab, and. 
they've crunched these numbers and this one seismologist just comes to this horrifying realization. There's going to be a very large mass of people who are going to be moving around. And Uh-oh. we are well past now the expected date of the next crack in the San Andreas Ooh. Fault. Oh, no. Bum, bum, bum. So the scientist gets on his scooter. He's going to try to make it to Great America in time. But alas, he cannot. No! The Zumba starts, and with the first <laughs> thunderous footfall, <laughs> <laughs> what ensues is the titular event of my film. The Girthquake. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So the ground starts rumbling. Bad stuff is happening. People are being roused from their couches for the first time in decades, in some cases. They all run outside to see what's happening. And the girthquake only intensifies. Oh, shit. Oh, no. It starts to uh, radiate out from... uh, Great America and the San Andreas Fault across America. People are catching wind of this. They try to flee. You can't flee the girthquake. Oh no! That's such a good How- catchphrase. The girthquake only feeds on fear, but also oh, most, shit. mostly it's on- an earthquake, and it also feeds on fear. No, that was it's a girthquake. I, I misled, I misled you there. It doesn't feed on fear. It, it, what it does feed on is. Uh, morbidly obese people running i promise this isn't oh sure because this this isn't an offensive (laughs) you've got like a feedback loop going exactly people get afraid of the girthquake and then so they stomp their their big fat feet and then it (laughs) continues to feed the girthquake the girthquake is feeding off of their their fat footfalls (laughs) will you're you're absolutely right you've you've cracked the code of the girthquake It sounds like all these exercise evangelists, they should have been paying attention to Richter scales rather than weight scales. Oh, you're right. As usual, you're right. I've been holding on to that one for a while. That was so really I good. I wanted beautiful. to let it go. And uh, yes. Simply beautiful. The, the lead scientist at, uh, at the Seismology Institute will be played by Andy Richter because <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's just too good not to be used. He'll finally I'm excited leave the to couch. see him riding his scooter through the girthquake. Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's like a rascal, you know, one of those rascal scooters, like a motorized scooter. But yeah, Andy Andy Richter is in like the top, uh, like tenth of one percent of the fittest people on earth um, at this point. So he 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 is able to to navigate uh, for the most part. And really, what ensues is that. There's a great culling of the herd, and the uh, oh, no. the only ones to survive are, in classic fashion, the fittest. And uh, so, I mean, there there's like an expansive uh, montage of of you know the girth. How is it expansive, across. Jacob? Well, both <laughs> both in the the girth of the people involved, and in the uh, the the way that it spreads across the great United States of America uh, for. Fortunately, it's stopped at the Mexican border, uh, 
by the earthquake proof wall that's built there ah. <laughs> and on the Canadian border that the Canadians decided to build when they just got sick of the United States shit. So it's, it's completely localized into the United States and it causes those walls cause, cause a lot of problems too, because they're earthquake proof, but it just makes the, the seismic waves bounce back into America. So oh. it's just, oh, no. it's a clusterfuck. You've it's, got it's resonance bad. going on. It's, it's really bad. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, a, a good portion of the movie is definitely going to be that montage. Uh, but at the end of the movie, we're going to flash forward like five years into the future. People are rebuilding. Uh, we come to learn that, again, only the fittest have survived tragically. Uh, and so basically they're, they're taking this as a, as a poignant lesson. Do all the Fuddruckers get swallowed into the earth? No, the Fuddruckers actually, uh, they don't get swallowed into the earth. They were uh, the one company that had the foresight to uh, make their buildings completely earthquake-proof. Oh. And so Fuddruckers... What a blessing. Fuddruckers, yeah, uh, Great America is stripped of its name of Great America because they realize, albeit many years too late, that... uh, Trump was a fucking idiot, and uh, has it become the United States of Fuddruckers? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that the town was just gonna be changed to Fuddruckers, but yes, it definitely becomes the United States of Fuddruckers. <laughs> Fuddruckers on every corner, uh, marinara sauce now non enriched, uh, pumped into every household, and uh, a rebuilding United States of Fuddruckers uh, has the sun set on it with an uncertain future. Wow. That's a future I can get behind, Jacob. Yeah, Jacob, I've got to say, this is the best girth-related earthquake film that's been pitched on here by far. <laughs> I will I, I will that, do a, a word of caution uh-huh. that there will be a small but very mad constituency of filmgoers who will hear that there's a movie out called The Girthquake, and they will go to the film thinking they're about to see a little bit of, uh, you know, titillating... Uh, you know, shaky, well hung <laughs> smut. You know, well, that's just it's, that could be folded into the film. I, I'd rather it not be like fat. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I think that that's just a risk that I'm he's gonna have. He's called Doc take. Octopus because he's got just eight massive, really long penises. <laughs> no, that can be your pitch. My pitch is wholesome. Wholesome, family friendly, has a good moral. Uh, and it's a risk uh, that I'm going to yeah. have to willing, be willing to take. <laughs> every every great auteur has to take some risks to get their passion projects made. And this is a passion project of mine. If people are disappointed that it's not a smut film, that's on them, not on me. All right, yeah. All right. Well, let's ship that. That was Yeah, ship it. That was great. Thank you very much. We'll ship it right to the San Andreas Fault. Plug that bad Who, boy up, because that's how that works. It's down to me and Luke now. Then there were two. Should we do an eeny meeny? Do you want to go? Sure. I can go. <laughs> that wasn't, all right. that wasn't an eeny meeny at all. That was just an eeny meeny I will go. We did do eeny meeny. I just edited it out. Okay. Yeah, that's right. It got too so heated. My film starts on a young woman in a corporate environment just getting verbally lashed out at by her piece of shit boss. Fuck that guy. A scene that is sadly... All too well known. This woman is played by Tessa Thompson. Awesome. And she's brought nearly to tears by this boss 
who says he's going to fire her if she keeps falling behind on their project schedules. What a chode. Yeah, he's he's not the best, dude. Um, but fortunately, it's a Friday. And Tessa Thompson decides, you know what? I'm just going to get out of here for a bit. Go be my by myself. Maybe rent a little cabin. And she does oh, wow. that. And she, she starts to drive to this rural cabin for some relaxing me time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts to get dark. And suddenly a deer runs out in front of the car Uh-oh. Oh, no. on this rural mountain road and she swerves to avoid it and the car goes off the road completely. That's close to worst case scenario. That's that's that might be the worst case scenario. Well, it gets pretty bad because suddenly <gasps> her head pops right off. Oh, God. Flies through the windshield. <laughs> oh, she's decapitated by her own seatbelt. Oh, Oh no, that's not how they're supposed to work. Is this an anti-seatbelt film? I don't think that's a good message. Hey man, you just need the lap belts. (laughs) Don't listen. Look at airplanes, kids out there. Don't listen to Luke. (laughs) Luke is not a doctor, or nor is he a transportation expert. No, nor is he like a car safety tester. He's just a corporate drone. (laughs) He's actually just a big idiot, is what he is. Yeah, I can't argue with any of that. Luke, you're not an idiot. So I won't. You're not an idiot. I'll just keep going with my, idiotic with my pitch. Idea. <laughs> All right, so Tessa's decapitated. Yeah, and her, her head flies through the windshield. <laughs> the camera follows it as it rolls down a hill and then stops up against a tree. Oh, man. Uh, But her eyeballs are still blinking. Ooh. She's still somehow alive. Uh. And then we see the camera shifts to her perspective, and her head is positioned in such a way that she can still see inside of the car. She can see her body without a head slowly start to grow a head back. What? What? And then her eyes kind of roll downward and we see these little baby legs blossom (laughs) into full-size Tessa Thompson legs. (laughs) That's adorable. That's very Deadpool, too. Yeah, so what I'm saying is, we now have two Tessa Thompsons. Oh man, that's twice as good as the first idea. But, here's the thing. The one in the car is kind of a big ding-dang. Oh. oh. It can't really do anything, and Tessa Thompson quickly discovers the OG brain uh-huh. can control both of them. Whoa. So she... Ah. Uh... She was I'm like, just trying to wrap my mind around what she, she can do now. She is like her own non-conjoined, conjoined twin, sort of. I could not have put it better. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. The two heads? On both heads. Was that the sound of another head popping off That's, just then? Yeah, no, it was another, the sound of her head popping onto her new body, or her old body. I guess you said that it slowly grew, so it probably wouldn't make that sound. <laughs> I'll slow it, it down slowly grew, but then the last bit just <laughs> popped together somehow. <laughs> the little eyes popped out. <laughs> so we get a little montage, right, of her kind of figuring out how to control this other body. Uh-huh. Um, and she's mostly using it for these kind of small, trivial, but fun things. Like, she uses it to cook dinner faster. 
and give herself a massage and stuff like that. Mm, I don't see any problem with those uses, so I hope it ends there. It sounds like just a happy life for the rest of her days. I wish it could end there, Jacob. Oh, no. But there's a problem. There's still something in her life that just straight up sucks. What the is, boss. What, oh, yep, yeah. It's her ween jammer of a boss. Oh, I forgot about that, Chud. That guy sucks. What? A jabroni. And he keeps just emotionally terrorizing her in the office. Is there... So one day she decides, you know what? I'm going to do something extreme. I'm going to kill this guy. Oh, shit. Right on. Go right past HR. Go straight to homicide. She, yeah, she flies past HR. <laughs> HR is also run by her boss. So. Uh, oh, that is a there's n- there's not really much she can do classic there. Classic huge conflict of interest n- there. Enormous conflict of interest. How'd they let that happen? This must not be a union job. Well, they must yeah. have been hit too. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just everyone else in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not everyone else because she has plenty of lovely coworkers. Ah. And it's a pretty frequent thing that. She and her co-workers go out for happy hours, right? Sure. But the boss, being a prickly old man, he never goes. He never mingles with his employees. Tessa Thompson knows this. She knows being at a happy hour would be the perfect alibi if he got murdered at this time. Oh. So she masks up version two, has Tessa Thompson 2.0 wait in the back of his car while she's at the happy hour. And at that very moment, version two kills him, slits his throat. Damn. Yikes. Well, she has to be careful not to completely decapitate him, though. (laughs) Yes. So as far as we know, Tessa Thompson is the only person with this regenerative power. Okay. Regenerative. Did I say that right? Yeah. I don't know. Second time you got (laughs) it. You got it. Got it right But anyway, she's got this power. She doesn't cut the whole head off, but... We don't think anyone else can do this thing. Well, now, so, now I kind of think that maybe other people can. That was like a, a leading explanation there. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. It wasn't going anywhere. Okay. okay. But, <laughs> but she realizes she can get away with a lot more. And she starts doing that. Like she robs a bank while she's at her book club. And <laughs> somehow she like murders her old mean granny. So that she can oh, get geez. her chunk of the estate early on. <laughs> she's doing some bad stuff. Man, she's really breaking bad. She sure is. And like pretty early on in this we, situation. Yeah, we start to root against her. Oh. Um, as she keeps carrying out these deeds. Mm-hmm. But another thing starts to happen while all this is going on. And that's that version number two is slowly gaining sentience. Oh. But version number one is too self-absorbed to notice. So eventually, number two, she's just fed up. She doesn't want to be this Patsy. Is her name Patsy? And she confronts Tessa Thompson one. Things escalate. Leads to a physical knife fight. (laughs) Oh, man. And this is the finale of the film. They're fighting each other. And both of them are cutting off bits of each other. (laughs) And then more bits are growing. So we're just getting Tessa Thompson after Tessa Thompson (laughs) forming out of nowhere. 
And then these two with their minds are having them battle each other like small armies. Oh my god. Oh man, we've we've hit the the Tessa singularity at this point. I I'm pretty shocked that there hasn't been a movie made like this. <laughs> because it's 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 awesome. It's just Oh, I thought you were going to say because it's so unoriginal. No, no, it's, it is original <laughs> no, because no, it hasn't been it's done. It's just a solid premise. It's an incredible premise. Dueling, I mean, I guess you got the, the Matrix, I guess it was Reloaded, where Keanu Reeves fights the army of Hugo Weavings. Yeah. It's just like having armies of the same person fight each other. That tickles me. Yeah, I think it would be a pretty fun scene. I think so. Um problem is i don't really have it leading anywhere i just well, have this giant battle that's completely uncontainable you could, and then what, my thought was that we'll flash forward and the very end of the film will be this like post-apocalyptic shot of a city and the only people roaming around are tessa thompson yeah <laughs> I, I think that's the only way that it can end because, you know, this as this battle gets bigger and bigger, and if we uh, say we give everybody a knife, they're going to be slicing each other up, and you're going to have, like, a logarithmic growth of Tessa Thompsons, and by the end, I mean, there's going to be more Tessa Thompsons than everybody else. Either And so either it's going to cr- make the, like, the collective hive mind just go insane, because they have to <laughs> they have to control like millions and billions of of people with with one single single brain or you'll just have a whole world of Tessa Thompsons. Can I propose I've got I I was just floored by my own imagination here. All right, you ready for this? <laughs> yeah, better Please. be great. Here's my here's my my pitch, uh-huh. okay? Tessa Thompson fights Tessa Thompson and they keep on cutting each other into smaller and smaller bits so they're just smaller and smaller Tessa Thompsons. That's the way this works for some reason. Okay. And so <laughs> then they just like they just like there's this massive battle and then like it just escalates and escalates and then like cuts off, right? Like the scene cuts and then like some like police officer comes to the scene and like opens the door and the, the, the whole apartment is just covered in blood. And he's like, "Ugh, this is gross. <laughs> and then he and then he like he's like, well, you know, better get better get CSI on the scene or whatever, you know, and then CSI comes and and takes samples of the blood. Right. And then the last shot of the movie is it just like zooming, 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 zooming into microscopic levels. So we see like the blood cell and, and, and it just shows a blood cell for like a beat. It, there's just a blood cell there. And then suddenly a Tessa Thompson head pops out of it. And then that's the end of the movie. Okay. I like that. too. Okay, Yeah. A, that's amazing. B, there actually that actually has happened. It, not on film, but in on in TV. As amazing as that idea is, there's a Futurama episode where that oh. ex- that almost exactly <laughs> happens with Bender <laughs> in the ending ending shot of the. All right, I was episode. floored by my own imagination because it was actually Matt Groening's imagination. <laughs> no, but that's it's still phenomenal, and it hasn't been done on the silver screen. Only on the, it's a yeah, it's a really good ending. We would screen. have to somehow explain early on that. She's getting smaller. Right. Yeah. That the growth. It's like maybe a little baby body would grow out of the head. (laughs) (laughs) Tessa, Tessa, you just lost like four feet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that would be problematic. She couldn't keep showing up at work like that. Yeah. Well, maybe it would be like every time she's halved. 
she gets smaller. So like the first time she's cut in half, she grows back yeah. regular size. Then the next time she's half size. You could find a way around it. Yeah. 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 You just got to use math. No. Carry the zero. You got to carry the zero. Folks, folks, that's not a joke. Carry those zeros. That was a phenomenal pitch, Luke. Yeah, I was a really... Luke, you're, you're on fire these days, man. You got some really good premi... Premio. Thanks, man. Like plurals premium. So let's ship it. Let's ship yeah, it. let's ship it. Ship it straight to Tessa Thompson. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that might be the first uh, Marvel Universe pitch hunt crossover. Have we pitched a, a Marvel actor before? Uh, I think we have. We probably have, just statistically. Yeah. <laughs> it's beside I, the point. I can't remember, though. It's beside the point. Fantastic. Ted had Paul Bettany, so. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Uh, All right. Well, I. Pressure's on, Willie. Yeah, the pressure has never been higher. So, my movie basically seeks to answer the fundamental question, which is Would you rather battle a horse sized duck (laughs) or an army of duck sized horses? So, in the not-so-distant future, CRISPR has really run wild here. Genetic engineering is just rife. Could have seen that one and, coming. And we have this, like, crazy um, sort of underground battle lair that basically seeks to answer this question. Like, you, you can go down into... You can, like, enter to compete in this this battle this cage match with either a horse-sized duck or a, like 10 duck-sized horses and no, we gotta get amazing. we gotta get the the number down because at first you said an army then you said 10 i think the official number I, well is you know let's just let's just do the weight right i guess it would be more than 10 wouldn't it you can probably fit a lot of ducks inside a horse all right go on i'm gonna run the numbers real quick and get back to you <laughs> okay so be- before jacob comes back with the number you got that number of duck-sized well, horses I, you can you can calculate duck power right it's an equivalent to horse power <laughs> so what's that yeah, Jacob, can you Google Do what the duck, duck power, power that's going to make it so much more complicated? <laughs> I'm almost there already. Just a second. Okay, so the average duck weighs, I'm going to say, about two pounds. Yeah, sure. The average horse, oh boy, weighs about 1,500 pounds. That's kind okay. of the, the middle of the the middle of the, of the range there. So you're going to need about 750 ducks. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> this makes the uh, This makes it really, well... See, I, I, I just, I have a few questions though. Before you go on any further, sure. Physiologically, is the duck-sized horse like? Because if you, if you just scale a duck up to the size of a horse, ducks have hollow bones, so they're just inherently not going to be as weighty. I, I think this duck is going to literally have horsepower. Like, it's going to, <laughs> like, because another thing about this is, like, some wacky scientist came up with this uh-huh. to to make a lot of money in entertainment <laughs> sure, sure. by by basically splicing genes together. So the 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 horse sized duck it it looks exactly like a duck. It's right. horse sized, but it also like has. It has the gravitas of a horse, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that like in the sound engineering and in the sound, like the effects, like there's going to be like a little bit of horsiness in the movements of this duck. I think you, you know, you're setting up just this, to kind of this B movie to be the first B movie to win an Academy Award for sound mixing, <laughs> sound editing. 
Because that would be a, yeah. a real tricky feat to pull off. Uh, I think that they can do it. Like a, a, a quack winnie? A quinny? <laughs> yeah. Sure, a quack winnie. That's exactly it. See, Jake, we don't need to hire the best talent. We just got you. Okay. I guess you are the best talent. Thank and you. And you probably come at a pretty high price. No, okay, you're no right. No save. No save. Um, so- Sorry, uh, Pitch Hunt Nation voted on that again. <laughs> Man. <laughs> and again- 99% voted no. No? <laughs> and you can't veto. Well, you, you still, got, up your one you still got your veto, Will. <laughs> uh, I'm saving it for next episode. Wow. <laughs> so Wait, we, we get one for all of eternity? No. No. Or is it one per episode? How about one, no. one per dozen episodes? And they roll over. That seems over. like a fair shake. They roll yeah. over. So this is episode, what, 16? Yeah. So technic well, I guess maybe Are you just giving yourself another veto, Jacob? <laughs> you caught on to my plot. <laughs> All right, go on. Go on. So yeah, got- let's do one veto every 17 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you got these three friends who are going to be played by the two women and one man from the distracted boyfriend meme. <laughs> and yes. They are going to uh, enter to be in this tournament, um, and you know the 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 kind of douchey man is like really confident that he's going to do pretty well, you know. And the and the beautiful woman in the red dress who won't be wearing they won't be wearing the same clothes as they do in the meme, but like you know the one I'm talking about. Of course, like she'll be like very very confident as well, and and like just exuding. Um, you know the strut right uh but then you know the 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 jealous girl she'll be like kind of like uh like i I don't know about this and and a little bit disgusted at the at the bravado of the other two you know (laughs) okay um okay it's gonna follow the basic like at least in terms of the the archetypes of the character (laughs) is gonna follow the basic format of the meme i think um i love it and and so they has there ever been a film based on a meme uh, it's it's and bound also to happen. based on. I, I'd say a would you rather question. I'd say like <laughs> the emoji movie kind of got close. I'm making movie history here, folks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they enter this uh cage match uh competition. You see a bunch of people like really going going for it. You see like a big burly guy who's like just kicking a bunch of duck sized horses. <sighs> Now into the wall, you know, you 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 see oh, like what someone. What meme is he from? Is he the the techno Viking? I... <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to be from memes, but I uh, am not going to dignify every character with figuring out Fair their enough. their Fair corresponding enough. meme. We don't. You know what? If you're out there listening, time. tweet us which memes. Yeah, these characters. <laughs> Social media engagement. Uh, 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 yeah. Um. So. Uh. So then. Basically, the inciting incidents of this catastrophic B-movie is the guy is in his cage match. He's like having he's really having a tough go at this like giant horse sized duck who's like bellowing at him and like (laughs) like charging at him, you know, and and he like like all of his confidence is gone now. He's like, oh, man, I I might not win this thing. I might not make it out. Right. And the 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 horse sized duck 
uh, charges at him and he dives out of the way and the horse-sized duck charges into the fence and like knocks over the fence oh and escapes in the enclosure, <laughs> right? And and barrels into the enclosure that has the duck-sized horses. Oh, and my. because these two splices have similar genetic material, right? It turns, they want to mate with each it other. It turns out they can fuck. <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah! Oh, no. And so, and so, do they have octo dicks? <laughs> <laughs> they have those those curly duck dicks. You know, ducks have like they're they're pretty notorious for their weird dicks. Are they? Oh, they're right. I was thinking they were barbed, but I think you're right. They are curly. Yeah. Is that pig? No, I think it is ducks. Anyway. Yeah, yeah it is ducks. Yeah. I gotta learn my farm farmyard. I, I think that penises. The, yeah, <laughs> I think that the the. Pigs have pig have barbed. They have yeah. They have tails that are so, curly. curly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they might be the ones with barbed penises. I think we're also we're kind point, of though. like, and this this is sort of the implausible B movie element of this. But like we're we're kind of ex- gone. We go through. I mean, all of this is implausible, but. <laughs> The, the, like in terms of like, I feel like the genes they might work out when it comes to like making a duck-sized horse or whatever. But like, we also are ex- like, it's explained to us the audience by the crazy scientist who's done this, um, like that they can breed these things very very fast because all these horse-sized ducks are dying really really quickly and all these duck-sized horses are dying so like uh-huh. they need to kind of really spit these guys out and, and have them reach adulthood quickly so that they're ready for fighting you know right uh so you know they're they're very they're injected with hormones or whatever they're just like really fast growing and fast fucking you know sure and so and so these this crazy mating happens and you just get this this massive multiplication of offspring but the offspring are like medium-sized duck horses. They're like dog-sized pegasi. I mean, basically. Yeah. But the 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 but the title of my movie is going to be medium-sized duck horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or maybe attack of the medium-sized duck horses. That really jumps off the page and catch a, <laughs> catch a producer's eye. <laughs> and so that, that 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 now we're off to the races. I don't really know where to go from here, but. Uh, humanity has to survive this new onslaught well i think yeah i think that yeah at that point it could just become a creature feature where they escape and they're growing rapidly and right people yeah. are just trying to fight them off you know? and they could be mutating too like you might have some like horror movie scenes where like you hear kind of a rustling and and the sound of something vaguely duck horse-ish and then like <laughs> a new like monstrosity pops out that's like got like the bill of a duck, but you know that it's got, it like stands on two legs, two horse legs. And it's like, it's just like, especially terrifying. It's like a centaur duck. And they all have like different, like depending on what sort of features they have, they all have different adaptations, you know, and and skills and abilities to kill humans. So like it's, it's this like super dynamic and really, really lethal race because they just sort of, they they can interbreed but they they all have like way different adaptations you know yeah alternate title pitch here will uh, the title all right perfect. i'm pretty wedded to mine yeah. but go ahead duck duck gray duck <laughs> <laughs> and this the final spawn is this giant gray duck 
and it just is unstoppable. So then we have memes, the Minnesota variation of a a classic childhood game and also a a sort of a would you rather all in one for the first time in movie history weave together into one movie. Yeah. The the only problem is I think you'd have to market it differently in every state other than Minnesota and have to call it (laughs) Duck Duck Goose. And you're going to have to find out that the final mutation is just a goose. <laughs> this isn't a goose movie. Though. It's not a goose movie, but that's what everybody other than Minnesotans calls it. We Duck have to Duck convince Duck. all the other 49 states that geese are just like kind of horse like, <laughs> but also kind of duck like. Well, I mean, they are in that they're larger than ducks and faster yeah. and scarier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we've uncovered some wisdom here. It's possible. Some like deep back in the evolution uh, interbreeding. <laughs> Who knows? Well, this meme of a question of a movie uh-huh. is just riveting. Well, it is. Thank you. It really is. You did good. I'm envisioning kind of like a uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes style ending to the first one. Like you wouldn't even necessarily have to go into the creature feature in the first one, but I mean, you've got a franchise on your hands. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And then after they take over, there are those small pockets of survivors right. living in these remote communities. Yeah, people who grew up playing the game Duck Hunt and also the game, the more controversial game of Horse Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and also the more niche game of Duck Duck Duck. <laughs> exactly. So Minnesota would be it. Ah, that's just so fitting. The last stronghold of humanity. <laughs> humanity would have to hold the lines of Minnesota. No, that was... So is there anything else you want to add, Will? Or you want to ship this? No, I think it's ready to be shipped. All right, let's do it. I would like to point out before we go... Yes. ...that I googled a picture of a duck penis, and it is indeed corkscrew. Okay, <laughs> so everybody out there... It looks like a worm, an, an I... earthworm wrapped around a okay, twig. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that's an image that I didn't need to have. But everybody out there, Luke has done your work for you, so please <laughs> don't get yourself on any any like bestiality watch lists. <laughs> <laughs> that was disturbing. Uh, well, yeah. So what are we doing next week, eh? Well, next week is sports movie. Sports, Ooh. sports, sports, and more sports. You got angels in the outfield. Well, save that. Got... We're saving that for the intro, Luke. Angels in the infield. What are you thinking? We're, this if isn't you, the sports If you like, subscribe, and yet. download, they will come. That's right. There. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> There's no crying. That's uh, neither of those movies. <laughs> I was making a really good reference, guys. Don't don't walk all over it. I man. agree. It was a great reference, Will. It was, but but uh, that's for next episode. None of us are in Iowa. <laughs> no, no, we're not. And thank heavens for that. So where can they find us? Within any podcasting app that you so choose. That is any. And we're also on social at pitch underscore hunt. Uh, if if you want to get in contact with us. Uh, tell us which memes are going to play the characters in Will's movie, for example. Tweet at us yeah. or email us. Get in touch with us personally. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Jacob at pitchhunt.org. J-K-O-B at pitchhunt.org. Luke at pitchhunt.org. And Will at pitchhunt.org. Hey, everybody. Stay... Stay pitchy! Stay pitchy, folks! Woo! We love you. Love you. Love you. Sleep tight. Bye-bye.
Oh,